Before we start today, we'd like to talk about the fine, upsetting gentleman that sponsored this here podcast, Cheapskate Hockey. Cheapskate Hockey is without a doubt the best in the hockey apparel business, boasting a range of headwear, shirts, sweaters, and jerseys for guys and girls, as well as a bunch of handy add-ons like air fresheners, helmet decals, and for those of you that like to get a little creative, pins and patches. Wow, but Holy Puck listeners are in luck, as you are all privy to a discount code at Cheapskate Hockey. All you need to do is go to their website, cheapskatehockey.com, buy some stuff at your cart, enter Holy Puck, and you'll get a raging 15% off your purchase. Cheapskate Hockey, the game you proudly love, now has clothing you can proudly wear. Wow, Cam, it's been so long, but this is, yes, this is the Holy Puck Podcast. I am John, this is Cam. Wow, we've had a couple weeks off. Sorry for all you listeners who have been gagging for a couple extra episodes, but... uh, I I sincerely doubt the words John and Cam and listeners gagging has (laughs) ever been included in the same sentence. Uh, no, I don't, I also agree, but you know what? Life does get in the way sometimes. And, uh, obviously we've not, we've not met to discuss hockey on the internet for quite some time. Um, it's been, uh, a couple of weeks. So obviously the, the Stanley cup finals have kicked off and we're locked horns at two, two after the Preds pulled it back today. So making it a best of three, um, it's crazy, right? (laughs) question for you we say locked horns right yeah how would a penguin and a predator lock horns like what part of their anatomy would each animal use to metaphorically lock horns like i see the penguin jamming its beak maybe like between the predator's paws (laughs) yeah i guess so like maybe i don't even know yeah i'm legitimately baffled like i'm sitting here with my eyes closed trying to picture the mechanics behind it all, and I'm not, I just can't see it working. No, Maybe I, it would be an army of penguins. Like the predator would try and go toe to toe, and there'd be fifty penguins, and the, you know each penguin would be pushing the next penguin along, and they'd just be butting heads. That could work. That could work. I guess my problem is I just picture the like the actual predator from the movie Predator, and then like the penguins Ooh. from Happy Feet, and so like that is not like a good mix. I just assume that like the predator would eat them, and so like you know what I mean. Like it kind of is just like a dulled image like it's almost an atrocity you know what i mean <laughs> two, all right, two, two things on that did you ever actually watch alien versus predator no for good reason so the, there was the, the whole premise of the movie was that um like the junior like the teenage predators are sent into a crypt to kill aliens and that's like their their, their journey from oh, it's, childhood like a, it's like a coming of age a coming of age is to kill a bunch of aliens yes yeah, it's, it's coming of age and so one of the junior predators dies and I was like oh that's kind of sad um secondly <laughs> do you think there's like a beer league team or a men's senior team somewhere in Tennessee that's called the Nashville Predators but the jersey is just like an actual predator <laughs> actual predator or like it's just like the the cover of the movie Predator with like the Arnold Schwarzenegger silhouette that'd be cool I would buy that jersey for real Maybe the Preds could do it for one of those theme nights, you know, that like they're oh, yeah, warm up jerseys. Affiliate, like <laughs> yeah. Milwaukee could do it for a theme night. And it's, you know, like like the cover socks have like the, the Predator trim and the helmets have like the painted on dreadlocks. And yeah, yeah. like everyone's, everyone's going to play in a cage that night. And the cage oh. has like the fucking, the manky predatorial mouthpiece. Or even if they could just sub out the their mascot for a day and it's just the Predator, like that'd be cool. Oh, look, I'm, I'm on board with what you're saying, but I'm so into Nash. Oh, I know, I, don't I know. Want Nash is all anyway, time, right? Like, I don't think anyone's having as good a time with the Stanley Cup as Nash. Yeah, I feel like his Twitter game is just fucking 
Oh, it's just almost too good. Like, when did when did a, uh, a a mascot become so eloquent at telling dudes to just step off? Yeah, speaking of social media games, did you see today? Like, we've obviously been doing a lot of very uh, pro preds posting PvP, yes. pro preds <laughs> posting wow. on all forms of social media, and one guy's response was, "Yo, you guys are on the preds dick super hard at the moment." I'm like, yep. yeah, we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're yes. riding the shit out of the Preds' dick. They're a really good story. There's no are. diss against the Pittsburgh Penguins. We've openly said that, you know what, we've got no beef with Pittsburgh. We'd be happy for them to win too. Yep. I'm sorry. Forgive me for supporting the team from the, the Deep South who's actually, you know, become a, a, a very strong hockey market. Yeah, and, and, and not only that, it's an interesting team. They've got great players. Uh, it's, just, it's just everything's great. Like, And, I mean... I've even put aside as a Caps fan. I've put aside my hatred for the Pens and Sid. I think it's. I think we called it at the start of the year. If there's, if if any team can win it from here, it's the Pens. And while well, they've made it to the final, so you know, I feel like a lot of people called it. I was having a conversation with a friend today. All right, you have friends. This is weird. Yeah, you know what? That's probably a stretch. I was having a conversation with someone who tolerates me in small doses. Yeah, okay. and. There's really only three teams that I truly, truly dislike, bordering on hate. And the Pittsburgh Penguins aren't one of them. I hate the Chicago Blackhawks. Check. I hate the Montreal Canadiens. Check. And I hate the Vancouver Canucks. Check. Everyone else, I'm I'm totally cool with. Like, like if a friend of mine went to Arizona and, and saw a, an Arizona Coyotes t-shirt in a shop and said, oh, Cam would like that and bought it for me, I'd wear it. Like, yeah, oh, you wouldn't cool. be cut. I, I like the yoke. Yeah, you wouldn't be that's upset. Cool. And I, I agree. I feel like Vancouver are just there. Like, for me, like, Vancouver, you're, you're they're cool interchangeable. You're Vancouver because you've experienced the niceness yeah. of the people. So and, I get that. Yeah. And, like, it's kind of interchangeable. Like, I'm, I'm, I, I dislike the team, but at the same time, I'm also excited for their future because, like, I, one, I want to, like, not hate them. But, two, I'm, I'm excited to see what they do with it and if they squander yet another opportunity. I'm just, I'm just keen to see what happens. You know what I mean? Well, the thing with Vancouver as well is, for me, the players who were there when my hatred formed aren't there anymore. Like, Aaron Rome's not on the mm. roster. Uh, roster. Whoa. Roster. Whoa. Uh, Burroughs isn't on the roster. Nope. And, um, yeah, like, I'm I'm, I'm, <laughs> so, I'm, yes. I'm cool with it. Like, like those are the two dudes that really the, got think... on my go during that 2011 Stanley Cup final series. And, and they're not there anymore. So, I mean, like, I hate the Canucks, but it's like it's a historical hate. There's, if the Canucks are a campfire, they're they're down to the embers. Like no one's yeah. adding kindling or any That's more what I mean. logs they're, for me. They're to like hate interchangeable them. hatred. Like I'm I'm like, it's definitely like from faded from like a like like piping red hatred to like just like a soft pink hatred. Like I don't care so much anymore. But like, I'm interested to see what happens. But so I'll keep them at arm's length. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not. I'm yeah. Not, I'm not, yeah. I'm not. You I'm know not. What? That, 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 that's well put, John. You know, if I have to revise my statement, I hate the Blackhawks. Yep. And I hate the Habs. Yep. When it comes to the Canucks, I don't hate them. Like, I don't have any ill will towards them. Not but anymore. I don't care enough about them to be pleasant. If that makes sense. Yeah, whereas other teams you can see the positive side in everything, as opposed. Like, I could, I could, yeah, I could come up with a positive for pretty much any other franchise. Like, sorry, throw another franchise at me right now just to prove it. Buffalo. Um. 
<laughs> I did it on purpose. <laughs> Look, I really, I really like Dominic Hasek way back when. Um, I do like the fact that I think they've kind of cleaned house a little bit. Yeah, um, it's kind of ballsy. Even though, even though it's we called him a petulant, a petulant child, I kind of back. Like, I feel like Jack Eichel doubled down. Like him saying, you know, or allegedly saying, "Get me the coach I want and get me this I want," and yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's... Kind of back the stones on the guy because if he pulls this off and and they become a really good team, like fuck me, dude, like good on you. Here's a gambling reference for you. I reckon he's what he's done is the equivalent of splitting kings. He's like, yeah, you know what I mean. He's like, this better fucking pay off. Like, you know, <laughs> like if it pays yeah, off, it's gonna be huge. Good on him, right? Like, yeah. If it backfires, yeah, we'll tease him. If it works out, though, we'll probably still me. tease him. It's fine. So anyway, um, the Pens and Preds series is now locked at two. Um, earlier today, um, which is a Tuesday, um, we uh, we saw the Preds take out the Pens 4-1 at home. Um, we, I was having a heated debate earlier today um, with Ben, who sits next to me, about um, the fact that we thought the Pens were going to take this game and it would be 3-1 by the end of the day. Um, did, you, did you legitimately think that? Well... Here's the reason why, and he made mm, quite I'm, a good point. I'm listening. He made quite a good point, is the Pens um, usually don't play well on the road, particularly after smashing someone, uh, after being smashed. And I'm like, well, I don't know. And, and so it's an, it was an interesting conversation, is all I'm trying to say. And so it was, it was really good to see the Preds get up, because now we've got an interesting series. Because I was actually kind of hoping that, well, I was hoping the Preds would win it. Um, because I want to see a little more competition. I don't want to see a boring, you know, 4-2, whatever. Everyone's, everyone's yeah. going home. Well, look, I'm going to shit all over that with some science. Are you ready for it? I don't there's know. A, there's a number of reasons why the Pens never stood a chance today. Uh, Reason I, I, number I, one. Keith Urban would not allow Nashville <laughs> to drop a game on home ice. Is it Keith Urban or is it Keith Bourbon? Maybe it's both. Maybe it's Keith Urban during business hours, and then it's Keith Urban for party hours. Whoa, like a mullet. Jesus. Yeah, exactly. So, A, Keith Urban was not going to let them drop a home game. All right? All right, next. B, PK rocked into the stadium with a bag full of Listerine. His troll game, is even I notch. am celebrating his troll game. Like, like I'm a, I'm a top, like, top-tier antagonist. He makes me look like a fucking choir boy. PK's great. He he actually makes you look terrible. Like he makes you like he I love the he's almost like the um fuck, who was that dude who played for the who played for the Pacers who was just like Oh, when Meta World Oh, um Lance um Lance uh, Stevens. Yeah, what an absolute legend. Absolutely, I, yeah, I feel like he's getting to that he's point. He's like a likable, talented version. Of yeah, like because he's just like playing it up so much. But like that's what he does. Like he's always always yeah. done that. It's classic reason, PK. PK being PK. C, the Pens were never going to win today. There was a Flyers fan photographed in Nashville in his Flyers journey, holding up a sign, giving shit to Sid Crosby. Now I don't agree with the sign. I don't agree with the message. We've talked about how we've grown to respect Sidney Crosby. True. However. Man, I respect that guy's commitment to the bit. He's flown in from <laughs> Philadelphia to go to a cup series from two teams that does not include his team, not because he likes the other team, just because he hates the other team. That's so Fuck good. Yeah. So his his commitment to the beef is is reason number three. I like that. I I that's don't it. I don't that's, think that's I've ever it. met the someone pres- who's the pres- like never going to lose today. And Ben, if you're listening, and I know you're listening, come on, man. <laughs> 
<laughs> hey, all right, let me ask you this. I'm, I'm going to throw out a fourth. Um, what What's your opinion on missing Chris Letang at this point now? Well, this is interesting because, and again, full disclosure, because we like to shout out the other shows that we listen to and give them kudos. Correct. And, you know, we don't, there's definitely people out there who will remain unnamed who, you know, they steal content from other sites and then say, uh, yeah, no, I absolutely would not do that. Um, I was listening to the Marek and Wyshynski podcast today. Yep. And they made the comment and the very accurate comment that if Pittsburgh are to win the Stanley Cup, they will be the first team in the, call it what you want, the salary cap era. Yep. Um, you know, this era, the dead puck era, version 2.0, whatever you want to call it, they'll be the first team to win it without a Norris-caliber defenseman. Number one Not defenseman. even a Norris-caliber defenseman. I'm actually, like, looking at it now, I don't think, I don't reckon legitimately they've got a D-man on the books that many other teams would have in their top four. Yep. And he's... Like, like oh, you know what? That's not fair. That's not fair because Justin Schultz, I think, is definitely... He's stepped up his game since coming back. Year for him, so, but like, okay, let's, since let's coming say, back let's, to Pittsburgh, he's been much, much better. They don't have a D-man that would make it in their top two. Like, you've got Oli Mata, yep. Justin Schultz, Trevor Daly, mm-hmm. Brian Dumoulin, Ian Cole... These are all bottom... Ron Haynes and Ron Haynes. Ron Haynes. Like, these, these are bottom four guys. Yeah, and like, like absolutely no disrespect for any to any of those guys because they're all playing really well. Um, Justin Schultz has had a fantastic regular yeah. season. Um, and I think Oli Mata has definitely grown this year. But like those dudes would concede that like none of them is a top parent. Like not a single one of those D men could crack the Nashville top four so, at the very least. So let me ask you this then. What therefore is the problem with not having that number one defenseman. And let me let me preface this by saying Chris Letang is what they were considered to be their, their puck mover, their breakout defenseman who backs them up on the O-line. Where do you think... Where, like, How do you think it's hurting them not having him play? Particularly... Controversial. The- I don't think him missing is the problem. Oh, really? I just think uh, Nashville and their, their patchwork forwards, like, my God... They, pay, they pasted together a team. Oh. They've just done an incredible job shutting down the players that they need to shut down, which is yep. Gino. Like, all right, so look at the stats for today for Gino, right? He finished the game a minus two. Yep. He had two shots on goal and five hits, so that's great. He was still productive, and that was in 18 and a half minutes of ice time. Uh, Hornquist in 14 and a half minutes of ice time. Again, he had five hits, uh, but he was, he was limited to one shot on goal. Um, Sid, yep, he had four shots on goal and he did score that lone Hens goal in oh, 22 minutes it was of lifetime. A, but I mean, it was an ugly I mean, you look, goal. You look at that, right? So Crosby, Kessel, Hornquist, and uh, and Malkin between them managed two, three, five, nine shots between, let's say, those four boys. Mm-hmm. That's that's the difference right there. And yeah, like people are like, oh my God, Jake Wenzel, do we have to put him in the con smart conversation? Again, I'm not shitting on Jake Wenzel. He's had oh, he's, a fantastic he's good, right? year, just just like Connor Sheary. You know, you put these young, speedy kids around Sydney Crosby and they're having fantastic mental, years. Right? I mean, genuinely really happy for them. Totally. But let's not, let's not kid ourselves. They're a product of Sydney Crosby. Like, like you could put most... 
if, if there was a forward who was on an active NHL roster and you put them on a line with Sidney Crosby, I believe he could make them productive forwards. Yeah, all he really needs, all they need to do is stand in the right spots and occasionally feed it, and then bang. Um, Correct. And look, that, that's obviously like a gross oversimplification. It is, of but it, it also but speaks. He's such a he's such a phenomenal player. That's like right. it, it could be Jake Wentzel, it could be Connor Sheary. It could be it could be one of four hundred players. Sidney Crosby could make them look pretty good. So the firepower needs to come from Gino Hornquist, Phil and Sid. Yeah. And those guys have been clipped. Like I don't like I I I don't have the brain to tell you exactly how Nashville are doing it. It's not as obvious as um, you know, the way Ottawa run their defense, they just play a very standard trap and they do it well. Yep. Um, I, I think a lot of what Nashville does is sustain defensive pressure and, and that... I feel um, like they've got defensive pressure that, that, from that, everyone, yeah, though. Yeah, Pittsburgh in, but that, that, that's the difference. They just shut down the big names. I think it's, but I, I think you're right. I think it, it is everyone, um, but I, I think everyone understands the role of, like... You're a forward, but you still need to play defense. You need to play lockdown, and that style that they're playing is the only style that's acceptable to the whole team. And everyone's bought in. Like Laviolette's just got them going. Like, and every single one of them is totally bought into the way that they're playing. Like PK is playing differently to how he used to play, but he's there's still the the flashes of, of PK brilliance. And that being said, like it's 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 really it's it's an interesting to see such a, a fast team in in Pittsburgh essentially have their legs cut out from under them uh, uh cutting down a team like like Pittsburgh by the pens it's just ridiculous like it's, I, it's such an interesting conversation though because I think you've raised another good point about PK style of play and again uh-huh. this was being talked about on the same podcast today and his criticism was always um he's an offensive team man yep, he doesn't play risky. a 200 foot game yeah. and yeah 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 and you know people talked about oh he could barely make team Canada and all that shit Look at him now. now. PK Saban, as a defensive defenseman, yeah, it's fantastic. And look, I don't know if this is a revelation. Like, I don't know if this is a new thing. Um, but uh, you know what? That's not fair. I'm not going to say it's a new thing, but he wasn't allowed to play the way he's playing in Montreal. And I think, it, it, you know, it, it could just be a case of circumstance as well. Like, Nashville seems perfect for him in every in every facet of the game, like on and off the ice. Like the city is right for him. They embrace like they embrace him mm-hmm. being a little loose and a little zany. Because the right. town and- they're a little loose and a little zany and they feed one another. And Peter Laviolette as a coach is like, I'm not gonna try and squash your personality, I'm gonna embrace it because Carrion tried to squash your personality That's and right. it backfired. And look what happened. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing again and expecting a different result. That's let right. Let me just let you run with it. And I think everybody going this, this might sound really fluffy and hippie. Everyone's like, you know what? Just do you. Just be you. But and let's see how that goes. And They've just let him fly, like, man. Yeah. And, 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 but that in itself, right, kind of has flowed onto the rest of the team. And they've dared to dream, right? And they've, you know, they were, you know, they made it through the first round, now they're in the second round, now they're in the cup final. And they're like, we've dared to dream. We've stuck to our guns. We've done the same thing. We're playing our hockey. We're fucking good to go. Let's see how far it can go. And I think... Um, I don't. I don't necessarily think that um, it's it's been Pittsburgh. Um, I guess. Should I let me start again? I don't think it's been the the Preds playing. Um, I guess their own style, or they they struggled in the first couple of games. But I actually think that they've 
like pretty well smashed the pens in this series um, straight off the bat. Isn't that, isn't that funny though too that we're in a series that's too old? Yeah, and I'm not just this, this isn't just me talking about you and I. Everyone talking about it is like, yeah, it's too old, but doesn't it feel like it's Nashville series so far? Yeah, it's, I, well, in the first game that what is what in the first game the Pens only got off like twelve shots or something, and I'm like. Geez, they were lucky to get away with that first game, and yeah, I mean the the second game was a they piled on a few goals, but keep in mind a few they scored a few empty netters there, so it really wasn't as like a big blowout as you think. And so like when it gets down to it, like I don't know I, if I, if I'm looking at all the core stats, so it's, a lot of them are in the in the um, the Preds' favour. Um, and secondly, um, fuck, how confusing yeah, I think, I think is it? You're right. teams and, with and we don't normally get into stats and analytics on this show because that's not us. That's not what we do, but I mean, unfortunately, it's glaringly obvious. Like, you really have. I I know, very rarely do I do. And um, I I feel like it's just so glaringly obvious in this. I mean, the first game, I think the Pens kind of got away with it. Um, I think they got... stepped on the gas early in the second game and they were able to sustain the pressure. But I feel like the Preds kind of matured in that second game, having, like, taken a big loss. And they've yeah. and since then I feel like they've just they've just swung it round. Like it was I watched part of the game today and every time I looked over, like they were very well in control. And that lets I, I don't like to pick on Sid, but man, that was a sloppy goal from him. Like I've seen so much better. Yeah. Like it was it was let's be honest, it was lucky to go in. That's funny too. I'm looking at the minutes and I'm again like I am you know, we're paying more attention to the um the time on ice from a lot of the players as we normally would today, right? I'm looking at this. So Sid had 22 minutes. Kessel was borderline 21 minutes. Malkin was 18 and a half. Wonk was 14 and a half, right? Yep. But so you've got you've got a pair of forwards there in Sid and Phil, both on the ice for 20 plus minutes, right? Flick on over to the Predators. Yeah. Not a single forward on their squad hit 20 minutes ice time. Like, no. it's definitely a more even distribution of the workload. So balanced. But you flip it on its head as well. PK, 25-plus minutes on the ice, by the way. So, shouldering a load. Yossi, 22-and-a-half. Um, Ellis, you know, borderline 24 minutes. So, the, the defense is really working overtime back there. But I think they're doing it well. And an underrated component of the Nashville game as well. Their third defensive pairing... A oh. lot of people thought that was going to be their Achilles heel. They're like, all right, we're not going to score on Subban and Ellis. We're not going to score on Ekholm and Yossi. And those dudes are going to be on the ice for fucking 49 minutes. minutes a yeah. game. So we've got 11 minutes of that Yannick Weber and Matt Irwin pair to light them the fuck up, right? It's not happening, though. Like, Dude, it hasn't... Yannick, Yannick Weber's been pretty good. He was on the ice for 12.20 today. They didn't give up a goal in the time he was on the ice. He was... Um, yeah, he finished as a plus one, and then his partner down to Mr. Matty Irwin, who went from the Sharks to the Bees and now to Nashville. Yeah, very similar. Twelve minutes fifty-three. They're chipping in like they're not setting the world on fire. The casual, casual hockey fans not going to know who the fuck Matt Irwin is, but, but... He, he can hold his head up high. And if and when the Preds voice the Stanley Cup, they've very much been a part of that. But that... they've not been a, they've not been a liability back there at all. This is the balanced team approach that the Preds have taken all year and no one's noticed it until but more so but more so now though without Raijo as well that's like, right I feel like they had really well, had to buy into this guys we are a team we're talking right. about an even distribution here and, well they had to split you know, up they, the they, they had line. a bonafide number one center in Raijo and now that he's not there it's like yeah. guys listen up 
What's up? Legitimately, this is now this this is you know this, this is face off by committee. This yeah, yeah. Is like this is pivot by committee. Like we are a truly team driven team now. Although daps to Mike Fisher, fifty seven percent in the dot today. Yeah. What an absolute legend, though. Hey, like I I think um, I, I mean I man the, the Preds are just doing such a good job, and I feel like they're they're doing a really good job at mainly dispelling the myth of the of the pens as well like because i mean that was that was one thing that i guess the caps couldn't get past was was the hoodoo and they they couldn't like they couldn't get past that those game seven jitters but i having watched the the pens today man they look like the caps in that game seven like they they, they look shaky right they're, they're, they're tripping over their feet and you know like they're doing stupid shit and they, they're making silly passes and it's like they're nervous because they've got the shit to lose whereas the Preds are like man we're not going away you know what I mean you know, they're like, they're like, what, they're like that angry I, angry I girlfriend is playing with some kind of I'm not I, I don't know if it's a concussion I don't know if it's an upper body injury but he's not right since that hit since going head first into the boards he has not been right and doctors and team publicists and he himself can tell me that's baloney. I don't believe it. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. I mean, he's playing a lot of minutes, but I don't know if they're effective minutes. Like, that. I mean, yeah, he scored a goal today, but like, yeah, putting your best player on the ice, you're, you're supposed to generate chances, but not many from what I saw today. Not many right, bona fide so chances. Let's call it now. Are the Pens going to take game five at home? Goes back to Nashville, they take game six, and then it's a game seven. Or do we think Nashville? They're now they've now got momentum. They're going to take Game Five, and they're going to close the cup out in Game Six on home ice. It's going to be amazing. The country music community is going to come together. It's going to be huge. Where where are we at? I honestly think they'll take it in Game Six. Yeah, I think so too. And I think just for just for the romanticism of it, I think we have to we have to buy into that, right? We have to we. Dude, we have to buy into this. This is how it is, right? <laughs> but more importantly, I just, I just feel like this story, like, is just like because we talk a lot about storylines and we talk a lot about, like, imagine if this happened. But I, I kind of feel like watching the game today, I was like, man, the Pens looked shaky. Like they look, it looked like they threw out the twos to playing today, you know? And like, and I was like, wow, like this is, this is the time. This is the time that that Tennessee get get a cop like it's it's crazy right now like it's, and it's, it's it's cool too though because everyone's very unified in their happiness for this except for it seems salty Canadians and I still don't understand why like they're so determined to tear it down like I'm seeing tweets and responses where it's like oh yeah but you guys are only getting on national not not us as in people in general are only excited about Nashville because they're winning now it's like well yeah dude but like we're justifiably excited because what don't you understand about this? If this random town in the south of the US that has never had a vested interest in hockey yep. is now doing well after years of trying and suddenly it's going to stick and people are spending money on hockey and want to learn more about the That's game right. and they want and they want their kids to play and your team that you support in let's say Winnipeg blows through and they're like, fuck man, Dude. how awesome was that? How is that a bad thing? Like, exactly. Like this some, is Anaheim Ducks syndrome. being good at something this doesn't is, make you less good at it. It's exactly it the same thing that happened in California. That's a good thing. And you and I have spoken a lot about this, about um, about Anaheim Ducks syndrome, where the fact that the Ducks started winning, they looked great, they won a cup, and then all of a sudden hockey exploded in California. Um, and then yep. off the back of the, the Kings 
success as well um and the sharks are gaining popularity in northern california like it was bound to happen and, and i think tennessee's prime so like get behind it stop hating i feel like i feel like you know you can, you can even see it on a local level though so like when i was down at the rink like our local rink on friday night um i'd say two out of every three kids in the team that we were playing against and the other teams that night we're getting around in penguins hats before and after the game, right? Yep. Now, the thing and you could say, oh, they go through the penguins because there's a cool and popular team. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? They probably do. Does that mean the Pittsburgh Penguins are Green Day? Like, as in, are they the gateway punk band? Yeah. Fucking, I'm, I'm cool with that. If yep. it means another 40 people go, yo, you know what? Hockey's sick. That's I'm right. going to spend some money on it. I'm going to get interested and I'm going to get my friends interested. That's not That's a bad great, thing. Like, yeah, the thing, that kid's not always going to go for the pants. It gets boring because it is what it is. But That's right. No, that kids... more and more people are getting getting down with what we're into, it's not a bad thing, people. Dude, word of mouth works wonders. You know what I mean? Word That's all I'll say. Fine. And word of mouth is great. Everything. Organic like, growth is not Bay a bad Lightning thing. Won the cup next year. There'd be an influx of Lightning fans, and you know what? Ten years ago, maybe I would have got upset about it and go, "Ooh, they're all game working." That's not how it works. That's a good thing. If that's if that's fifty more people that want to get involved in the sport, killer. Dude, there's nothing better than an influx of a new group of fans. Like, because the more I see old, salty fans who have quote unquote been here since the start, I start to I start to frown a little bit. Start to get a little get bit a sad. Get a new inside. hobby then. If that's yeah. your approach, go watch. If you've been salty, badminton or squash right. or something, then fucking don't, go play squash. Don't try and bring my buzz Jesus. down. Jesus, exactly. Um, I, I just don't have time for it. I don't have time for for old salty fans. Yes, I'm a Caps fan. I'm salty about it. Am I going to be back next year? Yes. Um, but you're you're a different kind of salty. You're salty because your team continually continuously lets you down. You're not salty because someone else's team's doing well. Like, you're pissed off because your team sucks. sucks. You're <laughs> not pissed off because someone else's team is good. No, and, and there's uh, a difference. That, there's but, a difference. Absolutely. And that, that kind of upsets me. Like, get over it. Like, hockey doing well in a market where it has no place doing well is a great story for hockey. Get over it and move on. Exactly. Hey, speaking of moving on, because yeah. I feel it's time for a new topic, can, can we talk about the can we talk about the round mound of rebounds, Sir Charles Barkley? <laughs> we can. Oh my God, Sir Charles! How, I, I, how's I him dropping knowledge on like national the television? Profile, like, <laughs> yeah. like genuine celeb athlete fan going around, like, and he's not even just some dickhead that's like, oh yeah, hockey's mad. Yeah, he he know he knows shit. Like he knows yeah. what's up. He's friends with with coaches. I. I I might have this wrong. I think he might be friends with John Cooper from the Tampa Bay Lightning, and I know he's got friends in the Penguins organization. And I read reports that, like, when he's in the studio, at least two of the TVs have to have the hockey on. And, of course, we as hockey fans know that he's come out on camera and said, you know what, NBA finals are a snooze. Stanley Cup finals are where it's at. Correct. Sir Charles, couldn't love you anymore. Oh, I mean, we've always been Sir Charles fans, so this was just icing on the cake for me. Uh, what an absolute ledge! I just, I feel, I just feel so happy. Do you know what I mean? Um, Did you hear what he said? He said, uh, "He said, I wish I learned to skate because yeah. I reckon I'd make a good hockey player." I back it. He's got the big yeah, body, I, man. I, ba- I back it. He'd be huge. Yeah, well, he or he still is huge. Like it's crazy. Yeah, but now he's like floppy huge. <laughs> no, no disrespect. No disrespect, Charles. You know, no disrespect, Sir Charles. But I mean, you and you and I are sloppy. We know it. We smell our own. 
That's just how there it was, is. There was, there was a Charles Barkley jersey in my house as a kid. Don't worry about that, sir, Charles. We got you. We got you. It's fine. Yeah, but I, I love it, though. And I love the... Um, I kind of. He said today in an interview, he said he really wants to meet P.K. Subban. And I kind of feel like this could be the start of something really fantastic because here you've got one of the big, biggest names in the basketball media openly embracing our sport. And not just our sport, openly saying, man, I want to celebrate like this hotshot personality in your sport. I feel like like Charles Barkley could be the door opener for PK Saban to grow his brand outside of wow. hockey and just general sports people like, fuck, you know who's a legend? PK Subban. Yeah. And then that's the tipping <laughs> point. Like he's the man who starts bringing just random people into the sport because he's got a co-sign from, you know, fellow loose unit Charles Barkley and then it's a free-for-all and everyone's like, yeah, you know what? I'm in on this kid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like, so you're suggesting that through Sir Charles, PK can transcend the sport itself. I, look, I'm not necessarily saying through <laughs> Charles, but I think Charles Just and with, he... With like, the growing Charles friendship. Barkley, like, I want to meet with PK so, and, and like hang out. I feel like if they can like bro down... So, if, then, so by, by becoming mates, point where, you know, like, PK like Jalen Rose is like, oh, you know what? Yeah, all right, hockey's cool. And, and ESPN show a little love to, to this, this area of the sporting world. And PK Subban gets a chance to be his stellar self in front of another audience. That's right. And therefore, a true ambassador. I see what you're saying and I see where you're going. And, and I was, appreciate that. He was on the Bill Simmons podcast a few weeks ago. And he was asked, they said, do you think, would you like to be an NHL commissioner one day? And he said, why not? Yeah, it's perfect. Imagine right? that. Imagine PK. What a story, Smith. right? Oh my what god! A, what a stud! What a well-dressed commissioner. Well, I just want him to wear that fucking cowboy hat. Every I want him in that. Day. I want him in that maroon suit he had. You know, like the uh, yes. velvet-looking thing. Like the the velvet '80s porn star. Yeah, oh, mad dog. Mad hey, um, dog. You've actually segued very well. Porn, Las Vegas, it works. Let's talk very quickly about... I don't want to give this more than a couple of minutes because, let's be honest, given that it now appears that GMGM is going to be making a lot of these you scratch my back, I'll tickle your balls deals, I don't even think we should be bothering with expansion draft pools anymore because we it's, don't know it's who's not going worth to be available. It. It's, it's not even... It's not even a conversation really worth having. Like he's obviously icing the balls of the St. Louis Blues. Like he's yeah. obviously, like you know, he's obviously taking old Stan Bowman out for a nice little chat and a BJ in an alley. Um, and I, I feel I, I like it. I like it though. Like, I, I think, you knew um, this was coming. You knew GMGM was going to do some silly shit, and he's going to do it because he has no care in the world. Like he does things I, because he doesn't give a fuck, right? The thing that's sick though, like like I like this this alleged Hawks deal, which is apparently yeah. you know done and they'll get it sorted out. But like they're, they're like, look, we're going to expose Trevor Van Riemsdyk. You're going to take him, chuck us a sixth round pick to take Marcus Kruger off the books. I back that. That's savvy dealing. Sure um, is. You know, there's talk of like um, Stan Bowman savvy. You know, you know this. Things are like we we need to get rid of a Gabrick or a Brown. I could see them taking a Gabrick, and again they'll be like, yeah, we'll take Gabrick. We're taking the best defenseman. From your OHL team, you're not your OHL team, your AHL team. Yeah, I'm, the, I'm totally cool with these deals. I think it's, there's going to be deals to be made with Minnesota. Yeah, I think there's deals to be made with Columbus, Washington. Uh, um, yeah, look, I think there's a lot of deals to be made. I legitimately think he will take books or pick off your hands to free up that cap, cap space for you. Yeah, so I think you guys will expose. 
um, you know, Brooks Brooks Orpik, but the catch is going to be, he's like, look, in addition to Brooks Orpik, I'm also taking, uh, who's that young D-man, Madison Bowie. Yeah, or he'll take, or he'll be like, oh, I want Dimitri Orlov. Or, yeah, or he'll go, cool, I'll take Olsner with me. Um, as Look, well, I, I, and he's just going to be making smart deals. It's going to be very simple. It's like I've got a full salary cap to work with. Yeah, you've all got a lot of bad deals. And he's like, I'm here to help you, and I'm going to take a bad deal. But so for I, every bad deal, I need you to tickle my balls. That's and right. So like, and, I, I think he is going to save Washington from Brooks or pick, but I actually think it could cost you a. It, it'll cost you something serviceable. Like it really will cost you something. Serviceable. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And I think right. the same the same thing will happen. I have in nightmares that he'll, he'll be like, "Look, I'm not going to touch Nino Niederreiter, and I'm not going to touch Charlie Coyle. He's like, I'll take Matt yeah. Dunbar. <laughs> I'll take Dumba. In exchange for just taking <laughs> yeah. Dumba, I need bang. Yeah, I need my balls ticket a little, and I'm also here to pepper my farm with some kids. Sup. And I, 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 heard I, a, I heard a really good one from a mate in Boston who said that apparently the hot tip is they're going to say, yo, take Matt Bolesky. So they're going to say, look, in the expansion draft, take whoever you're going to take. Yeah. Because we know who's going to be available. But they're like, we also need you to take Matt Bolesky off our hands, but we want a second round pick for him. I'm pretty into that. Yeah, man. At least you get something good out of it. Second round pick for Bolesky, I've got no problem. No. Hey, speaking of teams making big deals, now this is coming out of the Russian media, right? Yeah, which so is let's which, not read <laughs> which is too to be much tr- into this. Which is not to be trusted the best of times, let's be best honest. Best of times. <laughs> However, where there's smoke, there's fire, and where there's fire, there's flame. Ah, Calgary, yeah, wow. Like it's almost yeah. a dad's joke. So you're suggesting yeah. that the Calgary Flames are making a play for my boy OV. Well, wow. apparently it's not just making a play. Apparently the package is spearheaded by Sam Bennett, Jesus. which is very a very good young, Serviceable. young player. Very serviceable. Um, another asset whose name escapes me and your first round and their first round draft picks for the next two to three years. So, John, as a Washington Capitals fan, let me put this to you. Would you trade Alexander Ovechkin for Sam Bennett, two first round picks and another player? I have to be honest, maybe. Like, I really need to think about it. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm probably leaning closer towards yes, to be honest. Um, Here it is. According to a report out of Russia, the, as reported by Complete Hockey News, always credit your sources, Calgary <laughs> Flames have contacted the Capitals in regards to OV. The Flames are offering Oliver Kylington, Sam yep. Bennett, and several first-round picks. Well, several. It's... It, it would be it's an interesting state of play, right? Because with OV, they have not only their captain, but like you know, one of their best all-time scorers. But at the same time, they have a a, a unique position where uh, they can essentially rebuild through his contracts by jettisoning. Mm. They can and they can pull in a bunch of first-round picks, so they can they can service any they can pick up any of the players that they would like out of that first round that they think. Uh, AHL or NHL ready and put them in and then retool um, which is interesting because then at the same time if we get rid of Orpic basically it's a com- it's, it's not a complete rebuild but it's pushing Ovi to you know another team which because he carries like what is it 13 million or something no it's only like 9.5 I mean yeah. only 9.5 <laughs> more money than I'm ever going to see <laughs> but it's, 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 it's 9.5 so but 
Um, but still a big look, hit, right? And so that I, plus I still Orbic, don't think that's it'll huge. Happen because I mean, if you look at it from an absolute bare bones mathematics point of view, you guys would need to replace seventy points a year and a hundred. Correct. Hits. Where do you get seventy points and a hundred hits from? Well, you need like a whole army of players to do that. And here's here's the reason why it's not going to happen is because the owner of the team, Ted Leonsis, is probably the biggest fanboy going around. And he loves his marquee players. He owns the Mystics, the Wizards, and the Caps. And every single one of them has a marquee player in them. And he loves, 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 loves his marquee players to the point that he, like, openly chirps at opposition fans and stuff from, the from like, the owner's box and stuff like that. Like, there's no way he's going to be trading OV for anything else, anything other than, like, another marquee player that he can also that's, that's tickle the happen. balls off. You're not going to get another market. Like, the only one that would work, like, you could trade OV for both the Sedins. Yeah, and that's right. Like, but, but, I mean, who's that, who's but, that helping? Yeah, nobody. And that, that's the point. You know. So, I, I, don't, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, is the trade interesting? Yes. Are there other suitors available? Yes. Um, you know, the stars are being we, kicked we, around. We, co- we covered this on our website. I think it's real simple. I think people love the idea of a player like Alexander Ovechkin being traded. And obviously the old saying is, well, if you can trade Wayne Gretzky, you can trade anybody. Yeah, I but really... I just don't really, think in 2017, you're trading Alexander Ovechkin. That's right. The and, only thing that might throw a spanner in the works is, you know, how he's determined to go to the Olympics. Yeah, as if, if a team and, somehow manages to broker a deal to allow him to play. Well, I don't even know if it's a team brokering a deal. I just think someone like Ted Leonosis goes like, look, Alex, I've told you you're not going. And then he gets on the phone to GMGM and he's like, you know what, man, if you want to piss off in the Olympics, I'm not going to growl at you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, they're old mates. But I, I think you're right. Like, trading, I, I think... Any team that has that like top tier player, you know, in the, the 10 million plus, like I think it would be equally as hard to trade a seed. I think it would be equally as hard because it's not only the player that you have to then replace, it's the points, it's and then you have to consider well, what do you do with the cap hit? And then it's not only what do you do with the cap hit in the first year, more importantly, it's what you do with the cap hit in the, the preceding two or three years if you happen to get a legend at, at unders. Yeah. If you get an I guess the, flip, the flip side is, though, here's the thing. I mean, what if Washington are like, will eat two and a half? Yeah. I, Which is I what mean, happens in OG a lot of these for, teams, right? seven million dollars, seven million dollars. There's, there's a few teams that could probably make that work. And well, here's the thing that, that kind of bothers me, right? Is so, say you trade him, right, and then you pay unders for 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 an, a legend, right, and you pick up a you know a dead set legend off off a off a you know either off waivers off a off a, a, a low key trade you know you've got to fill that gap with someone like for instance we we paid unders for someone like a koozie right but we have to pay him heaps now because he's worth it and then all of a sudden yeah. you've got yourself in another problem where you've got another large cap hit like for instance we have to reap we now like and justifiably so we've got to like up like Oshi's contract because not only is he a legend he did extremely well so now we have to pay overs for him to keep him and that that's the that's the the contract issue that you get yourself into and so is it hard to jettison a massive contract absolutely is it hard to get rid of ovi as well 
Well, I don't even know, man. Like, it's just it's right, almost well, too here's hard. Here's another one for you, right? Here's another spanner in the works. Who's a team who actually has a really good team mm-hmm. and like a cool brand and cool jerseys, but come hell or high water, they can't put people in the building? Are you talking about the Florida Panthers? Yep. Wow. Yeah, you know, well, it's, I think it's like they, they've they've got a little bit of cap space. They it's do. Sunshine State. They've got lower. I mean, I'm looking at the Panthers roster right now, right? Yaga. And you, Barkov, you need to give Washington Trocek. slightly cheaper players so they can work with in the cap a little more. If I'm Washington and Florida Collins says, we're going to give you Jonathan Huberdow. Yeah. And Nick Brewster. Thomas Vanek. And two first round picks for Obi. Do you do it? Jeez, it's pretty close, isn't it? It's, it's almost a line ball, right? You're like, wow. Because, I mean, down the middle, right? Like in Florida, down the middle, Barkov, Trocek, Bukestad. Yeah. That's a good guts. And on the right wing, Jonathan Mash is so thick. Riley Smith, sit young, still doing his thing. That's right. Man, I'd, I'd fuck off Zanak and Huber Dow and, and two more futures for an OB. Like, if he put, if he put 3,000 more bums in seats, at home game Jesus. for the next four years. Is it Economically, worth it? it's almost worth it, right? But then on the flip it's side, the Cats have to it. make it work. Exactly. And that, that's where a lot of, I think this conversation, like, I feel like a lot of people don't think of it like we do, right? I think a lot of people will start going, yeah, just trade over you, or a lot of people will be like... Yeah, they, call, they think of it as a hockey trade. Yeah, well, it, it, that doesn't exist. For a player of that, of that magnitude, it doesn't exist. Like, there's so many moving parts and factors that, you're like, like, we're looking at it from the fact, well... Okay, so you've got to trade Ovi for legitimately three pieces and probably two, two, two picks at least, and then maybe the Caps have to eat some of the contract as well. So there's there's so many moving parts. Who can get it to work? I don't know. I don't know. Like, I mean, there's been talk that Dallas are interested, man. Yeah, I did hear that actually. I can see that. Someone else said to me the other day. They said, you know what? Dallas is their smoky cup pick this year. They're just going to throw everything and try and pour on 12 goals a game and see how they go. <laughs> like the, the the offensive suicide bomber. <laughs> Dude, look at, imagine if your top two lines what an approach. Contain, contain combinations of Ben Sagan and Ovechkin. Jesus Christ. Oh, Jesus it's, Christ. Like, it's, it's all one time is all, right. all the time. All the time. All right. That pretty much brings us to the end of it. But before we go, very quick shout out. Our friends at the Ice Hockey Classic. Australia, uh, which is obviously hitting our shores in the next couple of weeks, have announced two very cool events. On June 22nd, they're going to be doing a collaboration event at O'Brien Group Arena in Melbourne with the Ice and the Mustangs. Hells yeah! Uh, I, be- I believe it's a Team Canada are teaming up, teaming up with the Ice and Team USA are teaming up with the Mustangs. They're doing All Star All Star Star Skills Challenges and four on four games. So good. And then on June 14, they are going to be doing a collaboration event with the Newcastle North Stars in Newcastle, so and we'll huge. have all that information up on our site and our socials in the next little bit. So good. Man, I'm really looking forward to it this year. I feel like um, the Stock Concussions team are really like, they're really getting down for the fans this year. I think they're really trying to bring them something special. And, you know, I, I think being involved is really cool and being involved with the, the guys who bring it out and being able to get down there and, I guess, experience is going to be super cool. So, we're you know, we'll be bringing you all the highlights, all the chats with the players, um, videos, photos, um, interviews. It's going to be really cool, man. I'm really excited. I'm really keen to see yeah. it. Definitely a little more. It feels like it's a little more grassroots this year. Like they're actually really connecting with 
with our own players. Like I know they've tried to in the past. Now it feels like this year all that hard work's kind of kind of paying off and everyone's working together, which I think is very cool. Yeah, dude, I feel like this is really coming of age and we're going to see this as a marquee event for years to come. And I'm really, really stoked just to just be part of it. And I think the more that, like, you know, you guys who are listening can get down and, and you know, I think the best events are going to be um, these smaller outreach events. Um, you know, the, the, the Sunday morning um, skates and those sorts of things is going to be out of control we'll be bringing you all the highlights from that it's gonna be sick yep i agree john i agree wholeheartedly of course you do all right mate it's been lovely chatting to you i've missed you this past couple of weeks it's good to be back yeah man i'm so stoked well you know um we said we're only going to chat for about 30 minutes we locked in a, a solid close to an hour um go so Go us, man. This is great. So, um, obviously, um, the best of three now that the the Preds were able to cut the uh, the Penguins' lead. Um, so now we're tied at two two. Um, the series picks up again on Friday, I think. So there's a couple of days uh, off. Cam. Is it Friday or Thursday? Are they? Is it our time or is it Thursday their time? You know, I'm always confused. I'm so with confused this. anymore. I just wait till the day now when I get a little push push alert on my phone. Yeah, I, I get the NHL ones. Five things that insert team here needs to do to win. And they're always the same five things that random, just randomized from the post was before. It, was, it, was it written by Mike Milbury? Here, I'll write the list for you. Five things they need to do to win. <laughs> you need to score goals. Score goals. Point two. You need to stop goals. Point <laughs> yeah. three. You need to want it. Yeah. Point four. No, you really need to want it. You need belief. And point five. You need to score some goals. Thanks, Mike, for your I feel insightful, like, insightful I feel like you didn't, words. As you, always, you stupid fuck. You forgot to mention grit, these terrible referees, and my God, Sidney Crosby is a star. Yeah. Oh, and let's let's wrap out the show tonight with a, uh, a not shout out to uh, the gloves off hockey team for their um, shit house main game for glorifying domestic violence via oh, phenomenal work, platform. guys. They say it's a joke. I say you're a fucking dickhead. You say I'm a pussy for not finding it funny. (laughs) I say go fist yourself and die in a fire. I concur. There's nothing that I I feel like domestic violence should not be laughed at. And I mean, yes, tongue in cheek, still not cool. Um, If you don't believe us, head to our socials and see, and you'll see just how in poor taste it is. And uh, we uh, wholeheartedly disagree with the sentiment other than that cameron this is the end of the show we're on 50 minutes running time this is episode 54 of the holy pop podcast presented to you by cheapskate hockey that's it man it does bye for now bye bye